Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. What's up? Friday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We are scattered on this Friday afternoon. Michael Borky in the home base in Studio X in Jackson. Hey, Dad's in Starkville. I am in Houston, Texas, and where the, the cold front has not gotten. Guys, had a little bit of a delay in Dallas in the uh, travel. I think the temperature dropped 15 degrees while I was there. And it started raining sideways going back into, like, so my connection was in Dallas on the way to Houston and going into the airport was fine. Going down the jetway, back onto the plane, when I breathed out, I could immediately see, like, my breath in the hallway. I pulled it up and said it was 45 feels like, or 47 feels like 34 in Dallas. That's what's making its way east, by the way, toward the Magnolia State, where we are going to have a full-on fall Saturday of football tomorrow with Mississippi State hosting number one Georgia. Ole Miss hosting top ten ranked Alabama. What is it, number ten versus number eleven? If you use the college... Oh, nine. That's nine versus eleven. Sorry, Clemson's ten. They earned that. Oh, that's right. That's uh, that's right. This is Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. If you want to be part of the conversation this afternoon, we'd love to hear from you on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. On a scale of 1 to 10, your excitement level for this college football weekend is what, Michael Borky? Ooh, seven and a half. Because the weekend itself, in general, across the board, not particularly good. It's kind of lacking. Our games, obviously, as you mentioned, are carrying the weight to me for the entire weekend. Wake Forest, North Carolina, fine. Texas, TCU. You know, I like TCU. It's to keep their playoff hopes alive, sure. But is anybody really excited about TCU going to three-loss Texas? Not really. So our games are big and important, and they feel big, and it's big brands coming to our place and stuff like that. College football weekend as a whole, though, we've had better. So seven and a half somewhere in there. A 7.5 from Michael Borky. Brian Haydad, your 1-10 to ranking of this college football weekend. 
it's a 10. The same way it was ten. last week ten. and the week before and the week before that. It's it's college football. We've only got three of these weekends left. You've, you've got to cherish it. You've got to cherish it. No, I, I will be not downing any college football. I am looking forward to TCU versus Texas. I am looking forward to Auburn and, and Texas A&M being a glorious train wreck. I am looking forward to Arkansas and LSU and all that comes with it. So, you yeah, know, that, I'm that's the one. That is the one that I have gone to over and over and over, and I want to watch it now more than ever because of this inexplicable point spread that is there that we've talked about. I can't wait to ask Bruce Marshall the same thing I asked Lee Sterling yesterday. Why, why is this a three-and-a-half point line? Has it moved again? Yesterday was the first time this week that we had actually gotten a little bit of movement on that game. Uh, it went from three to three-and-a-half. I just want to check and see the most updated number and see if it's moved anymore because it's still... I, I I understand the power ranking explanation. I understand the it's going to be cold explanation. It is still at three and a half. So over the course of six days, we have seen a grand total total of half a point in movement on a line that we didn't think or I didn't think made sense from the get go. And so I can't wait to watch it and go, wow, those people in Vegas really know what the heck they're doing or. You know what? Sometimes even those people miss, and they missed on this one big time. I don't know which it's going to be. I I lean in the direction of that they missed big time on this one, but I don't know. Sometimes it's they're making you think, and they think that you're thinking, and so you you overthink, (laughs) and then they get your money. I think. I think. Yeah. Uh, love to hear from you this afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Visit Oxford. You can find them online at visitoxfordms.com. And be sure to follow along on all of their social media accounts. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Lots of stuff coming up. You can always go and check out the events page to see the calendar of events for the things that are happening in and around Oxford. Holly Jolly Holidays just around the corner. We will be giving you more information about that in the days to come. We'll start it now and stretch it over the course of two segments. Michael Borky writes, hide your kids, hide your wives, hide your husbands, because it's time for two questions. We'll start with the game that starts the day. Ole Miss, if they're going to pull the upset. Line gone down a little bit, by the way. I mean, I'm seeing an 11.5 in some Mm. places as well. So late money or whatever, sharp money, whoever is moving that line is moving that line in favor of Ole Miss. But if they're going to pull the upset, what must they absolutely do? Ole Miss absolutely must uh, to... Borrowed the words of the uh, the sensei in Cobra Kai. Strike first, strike hard, no mercy, sir. Uh, I can't hear you. Borky, that's a Karate Kid reference. Um, <laughs> I, I, I kid. So, sweep the leg. Well, I mean, sweeping the leg at some point might be a good plan as well. But we've talked about this, right? I mean, this Alabama team, you, you don't know where they are mentally. It feels like 
they will come into the game in a good state mentally. But you can't help but wonder if maybe they're a little fragile and maybe they won't respond to a punch in the mouth the way some other teams have. Look, that may just be wishful thinking, right? It may just be wishful thinking. And so there are two reasons that I think it's important for Ole Miss to strike first, strike hard, no mercy, sir. Number one, if it's a track meet, you don't need to lose any possessions. Ole Miss has been one of the best script teams out of the gate in all of the country. Maybe the best script team out of the gate. They get the ball. Whether they win the toss, they're going to take it, or they lose the toss and Alabama defers, they're going to get the ball first. And they need to go down and they need to put points on the board, preferably a touchdown on that opening drive. And then it's about, you know, can, can, you, can you find a stop? Can you avoid that immediate answer from Alabama? I think it's really important for Ole Miss to, to strike first in this ball game and do so quickly. And, and maybe plant some seeds of doubt in that Alabama team that gave up some points last week, that has been in some close games. They've won a couple of close games. They've lost a couple of close games. You would love for right out of the gate Alabama to feel like it is in an, another road environment like they faced in Knoxville, like they faced in Baton Rouge. Yeah, fans better uh, bring their hand warmers in their jackets because it's going to be cold tomorrow and the sun sets early so uh be ready for that um i've got two and they both involve the line of scrimmage so old miss cannot get off schedule offensively they've got to have successful run plays on first and second down because you know they're going to try to run the football a lot because uh newsflash to people that cover college football lane kiffin does not throw the football more than he runs the football it is not an anomaly it's not a surprise they're a running offense and they have been since he's been at old miss you got to be successful on, on early downs, though, because if they are not, Jackson Dart's been good. He's improved a lot. He's really good in the pot. His pocket presence is great. But I don't like Ole Miss's chances with two redshirt freshman offensive tackles against those pass rushers on obvious passing downs, where Alabama can let those guys pin their ears back and go, maybe get creative with blitzes and stuff like that. You've got young tackles that have done really well, especially run blocking, it's a different animal when it's obvious passing downs against those guys. So you have got to stay on schedule running the football so you don't put Jackson Dart in third and ten where Will Anderson knows this kid's going to throw the ball. Here I come. And on the flip side... As That's we... a good point, by the way. I, I, I really agree with what you're saying there in terms of... I mean... What, what, what is the cliche that people use? Stay ahead of the chains? Yeah, stay ahead of the chains, stay on schedule, whatever. I, th- I think that's a great point. And then on the flip side, we talked about it yesterday. Y- you got to pressure Bryce Young, and when you get there, you got to execute when you get to him, if you get to him, because if you allow him to sit in a clean pocket and wait to distribute the football, he, even with a banged-up shoulder, is going to carve you up. So stay on schedule offensively, have successful early rushing plays, and you got to pressure Bryce Young, and when you get there, you have to bring him down or else it's going to be a long day. Hey, Dan, what about you? Ole Miss absolutely must do what if they want to win tomorrow? Y'all are all, talk, all talking about offense. To me, it's defense. You know, Especially Ole Miss has not been a great second half this team this year. Uh, when, when Ole Miss gets out to an early lead, that defense has to preserve it. 7 nothing needs to stay 7 nothing. needs to turn into 14 nothing. 
Don't want to go 7-7. Don't want to go 14-7. I don't think in a shootout Ole Miss can, can continue to fire with Alabama. We will pick up question number two on the other side of this timeout. This is Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. This is Sports Talk. Sports Talk. Mississippi. Woo-hoo! I say sports fans. Now, here's more on Super Talk Mississippi. told you it was going to be cold tomorrow in Oxford. He was not exaggerating. Your uh, your kickoff temperature, 230, going to be about 44 degrees. And then the sun's going to go down like at halftime, and it's going to get progressively colder. And that's just how it's going to be tomorrow. I say only almost like a public service announcement. If you're headed to Oxford this weekend and you haven't left wherever you live yet, Pack your coat, big one, and gloves. You're going to need them. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, it's been 80 for the last week, and the high tomorrow is going to be 45, 48, 47, something like that. That's going to be cold. Yeah, and uh, shout out Bill Withers for this one. Uh, ain't no sunshine in Starkville for the game. Uh, you're, you're in the dark the whole time. So... Yeah, I'd be, if I were in the athletic department, again, they, they don't ask me. I, I have too many good ideas uh, to work in athletic departments, apparently. Uh, but Go to Walmart, go to wherever, buy a big box of hand warmers and stuff, and hand them to the students as they walk into the game. Because having a full stadium and a full crowd is impactful, no doubt. But the ones that have the potential to be the rowdiest are in the student section, right? College students famously are not very smart. I was a college student. I was a moron when I was in college. They're probably not going to be entirely prepared for the weather on their own. And that might give them a reason to leave before you want them to. So help them out best you can to keep the students at the game. Because I I bet you there's a 19-year-old from, you know, the Woodlands, Texas, who's got her dress picked out for the game and her her flats or whatever, and she's going to ask her boyfriend to leave in the middle of the second quarter. And he's going to have to say yes because you don't want to say no, right? So help them out a little bit as best you can. Hold on on a second, Borky. You're closer to being a student than we are. So what is the level of coddling that students need? Because for the first month of the season, it's too hot for them to stay at the game. And yeah. now we get a little bit of a cool snap, and it's too cold. Maybe the problem is students and not the weather. It is. How about get your head out of your rear end, realize that it's a top ten game in your stadium, and go make a difference and stop complaining about the weather all the time. Again, you know, this. forgive me, I apologize ahead of time, that this sounds very sexist, forgive me, but you know that Sally from the Woodlands doesn't know that, okay? She doesn't care that it's a top 10 matchup. She doesn't care that it's Alabama, that it's Nick Saban. She doesn't care. She cares because go sit at the sorority house and I'll be there when the game's over. Yes, but you guys know better. I know you know better 
And, and yes, you in a perfect world, you would like the yeah. students to be on top of stuff. I mean, my gosh, I'm just gonna, you don't I'm have just to seek the weather out. Maybe that's why Brian too- Haydad was single a lot, but Brian Haydad's staying at the game. Uh, Simple I, as actually, that. I no lost, questions asked. I lost a a not okay. She wasn't a girlfriend, but it was like a girl I was talking to. So like right before that, because of a football game in college, I lost a potential relationship because I would not leave a game because it was you too didn't cold. lose. Oh, I won. You I, gained. Oh, oh, I gained. Uh, no doubt. But I, I've been in that situation, and I said no, and I and I lost that. It's, you know, Johnny. Hey, hey, here's the good news. Here, here's the good news, though. If if you're talking students, it's going to be cold enough during the day, and the game is at a point in the day where every, it, it's not like people are rolling out of bed and going to the game. People are going to roll out of bed and be groggy for a while, and then they're going to the Grove and they're going to do the tailgate thing. It's going to be cold enough during the day that they're going to be like, I'm freezing. And if that point of the day they're freezing, they're going back to the sorority house or the dorm or the apartment to properly layer up before actually going to the game. I think this is going to work itself out. You would think so, but you're you're overthinking this, Borky. I'm not. I've been in this exact scenario. Literally the exact thing that I'm talking about. I have lived. I've been there. I know what happens. College students are dumb. They don't think things through. The other thing is, well, there are a couple of other things. Number one, if the game is compelling enough, they will stay regardless of the temperature. If, if, if it's good enough, they will stay. Number Some two, will. if it's cold enough, they will uh, you mentioned a second ago, maybe not always the smartest, and so they will come up with ways that they think will keep them warm, which will be good for concession sales, and it'll basically just numb the cold, and whatever. They'll hang around. Yeah, but look, the, the text line is validating me. It, it, heels will be worn tomorrow when the sun drops. Girls will drag their boyfriend out of there. I've seen it. I don't know. Yet. I think it's more of a boots crowd tomorrow than heels. Maybe. But you know there's going to be the some. Uggs will make an appearance. You know there's going to be some. You just all I'm saying is, don't don't do the if you work in the athletic departments in Oxford and Starkville, take an extra fifty bucks or whatever, go buy in bulk a bunch of hand warmers and, and pass them around if you need to, because college students are dumb. And I would love to say that oh so they need to be tougher and they need to understand that it's a big game. But the thing is, not all of them do. Do you want them to stay, or do you want them to be like, baby, I'm cold. Can we go to the bar? You want to get rid of that, because some of the answers are going to be yes. Uh, also in Starkville, as Borky pointed out, it will be dark at kickoff, and it will be 44 degrees. But they light six-mile-an-hour wind out of the north. It's only going to be a breeze. not really going to be a wind-effect issue, but it will be 44 degrees. Uh, it will be 41 degrees in the second quarter. It will be 39 degrees by the midway point of the third quarter. And when the game ends, it's going to be 38. So, again, bundle up. Uh, get your maroon and white, whichever color you're supposed to be wearing, jackets out, <laughs> ready to go. Hey, Dad, there's going to be a rush on those white coats uh, if you can find them. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, good uh, luck with that. Yeah. And, and by the way, it's like 75 degrees in Mississippi right now. So just, just that, I promise you. It's I'm, 79 I, here in Starkville. It's a stunning day. Nice 40-degree drop. Yeah. <laughs> coming, coming our way. Check and, your, and check and your so, tire pressure in the morning. 
There are times where I say, you know, you're just gonna have to, you're just gonna have to trust the forecast. I've actually done the work for you. I have gone west. <laughs> I have been You've through gone Dallas. forward in time. The 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 weather that Dallas gets about 18 hours later usually ends up exactly where we are, and the temperature was dropping precipitously uh, just a little while ago. Ceasefire text line: Syracuse is laughing at all of us right now. Well, that's fine, but we can laugh at them uh, because they're Syracuse. Um, Syracuse plays in a dome. They play in a, they play in a dome. I understand. And I've um, been to I've been to an Ohio State Michigan game. Unique experience. Pretty cool. It was freezing that day. Absolutely freezing that day. Here's the difference, though. They don't have good weather there like we do here. Like you said, Richard, if you're not like focused on the weather app, you're going to think tomorrow's going to be nice, right? Because today's nice. The sun's going to be out. sun's going to be out. It will. It's so, going to be a shock to the system, though. Yeah, it, it's just it's different up there. And based on my observation, again, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm bringing a lot of sexism to the show today. The women there care less about their appearance at the game than they do here in the South. They, they just, it's not something that they appeared to value there, like on some of day. the women. On, on, on game day, day. On, at the football very, game, on like game territorial. day, on game day, they did not appear to care the way that some women, a lot of them here, care about their appearance on game day. I know we've got to finish two questions. Yeah, we got and, time. It's fine. But yeah, we got plenty of time to do this. Um, I think there's an important fashion question that goes along with all of this. Uh, hey, Dad, I, I don't know how you feel about this. By the way, what is that shirt you're wearing there, hey, Dad? I'm looking good, right? Custom made. There it is. There you go. Hey, Dad, it is genteel with the Super Talk logo on the chest. I love it. Are you breaking out the pullover with the uh, you get with your Super Talk logo, but also the state script on the sleeve tomorrow? Yes, I will be wearing a little bit of logo wear tomorrow. I'm gonna stay warm. Love it. You may need like a layer underneath that. Also, I, I don't know. Lucky me, I come equipped with one. Hey, there you go. By the way, you can dress yourself. I'm not gonna attempt. No, the the question, the burning question was: Does Lane Kiffin start the game tomorrow in a white hoodie? Or does he change somewhere along the way into that? Because they're asking fans to wear red, which, by the way, means nothing to the football team. It's like, okay, we're going to do the fans this, we're going to paint the field a certain way, but then the football team's going to wear what they want to wear. So they're doing the, the powder blue helmets and the powder blue jerseys and the white pants. Great look. Pops on television. All good. End zones are painted red. Fans are supposed to be wearing red to the game. Lane Kiffin white hoodie or no? Uh, that's a second half thing, I think. So you think so? And he'll start with the red. He might start with the red hoodie. Okay. Comes out in the, like a red come to the sip hoodie, and then goes to a white mm-hmm. one in the second or LFG half. LFG or something? I don't know. <laughs> Surely that's not what he will wear to start the game. We, I'm, we, just we, we, yeah, I'm just we, saying. I'm just saying. We shall see. Get it going. Uh, the game is two questions. We have answered. One question for one team. We will pick two questions up when we come back. The question that we will get to, Ole Miss absolutely cannot do what if they want to win tomorrow against Alabama. Then we'll get to the state side of things. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. 
Talk Mississippi, your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. Let me put it to you this way. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. I know normally we would talk high school football with Will East right now. We're going to push that back a little bit. Will is out today. He's not going to be able to join us, but we will talk about some of the playoff matchups that are happening tonight across the state of Mississippi. First round playoffs for 1A, 5A, 6A, 2A, 3A, 4A. They are all into the second round with games that got started last weekend but we will continue two questions with you so we've already tackled the Ole Miss absolutely must do what to win how about the Ole Miss absolutely cannot do this and win come up short on big play opportunities Jackson Dart has done a lot of good for Ole Miss a lot of good and he's improving I mean constantly improving from week one to, to now one thing though that he has come up short on is capitalizing on the the few times almost doesn't really just chuck it up deep all that much now his average depth of target is still quite good one of the better ones in the SEC but how many times has he had like a wide open Mingo on a deep ball and just missed him and that happened in Baton Rouge it's happened a few times this year that Alabama secondary has shown a propensity to giving up big plays when that opportunity presents itself you cannot afford to not capitalize on that opportunity. If you run that little sluggo and, and Mingo beats Eli Ricks and he's got two steps on him, you have to complete that pass. You have got to hit the deep ball when it's there. They've been able to overcome some misses this season. Not going to happen tomorrow. If that opportunity presents itself, you have got to be accurate and capitalize on them. Because I do think it's going to be a high-scoring game. Those opportunities are going to be there, I think. You can't let that ball hit the ground. You've got to complete those passes when they come. Yeah, and as I've talked some about Jackson Dart in other areas, it's an area where he's got to improve. On the deep ball, he throws the deep ball flat. There's so much arm talent there, and it's like i got to show it off as opposed to throw that thing up, let it draw a little rain, and let your receivers run underneath it. I think deep ball accuracy is going to be an area you see him continue to grow over the next couple of seasons. Uh, hey, Dad, what about you? What's the one thing Ole Miss absolutely cannot do? My first thought is to stay on the defensive side of the ball and, and because I, I, Ole Miss offensively doesn't concern me, right? They're going to get their points. They're going to get their yards. It's what are they doing on the other side that's going to determine this game. So they can't allow Bryce Young the kind of time that Mississippi State did in the first half last a few weeks ago. If you go back and watch that, they were unable to get to him in the first half. Now, in the second half, State did a better job of that. Ole Miss is a good pass-rushing team, pretty good. they they got to be able to get to Bryce Young a couple of times, especially in the first half, to try to set a tone and get him get him thinking more than he's, more than he's just doing. I, I want to give you two, and I, I'll try to be brief on this. I, I want to do one on the defensive side and one on the offensive side. On the defensive side, Ole Miss absolutely cannot allow Alabama to be everything. Because Alabama hasn't been everything offensively. You can't allow Bryce Young to be Superman and 
allow Jameer Gibbs to run unfettered out of the backfield and allow big plays in the passing game and let Bryce Young beat you with his feet, right? You, you, you can't give all of those things up. If you do, if Alabama does whatever they want to do offensively, you're going to look up and it's going to be like the 2020 game where they, what was it, out of uh, the number of potential yards in the game, they were like 11 short or 16 short or 60 short, whatever the number was. It was insane. We're almost never, ever stopped them, and they could do whatever they wanted offensively. You got to take something away, right? You, you're... You know, if, the, if that's taking away Bryce Young in the running game, if it's holding Jameer Gibbs to 100 yards rushing in the game, and so you got to take something away. You can't allow Alabama to do everything all the time, whatever they want to do. And then on the offensive side, hey, Dad, I'm actually going to push back on one thing. You, you said you're not worried about Ole Miss's offense. They're going to get their points. LSU's the best defense they've played this year. And Ole Miss... Got some points in that game, but they stalled out a lot offensively. They were well below their season average rushing the ball. Ole Miss can't afford to be somebody that they're not just because it's Alabama. This Alabama defense is susceptible to giving up points, right? We've seen that. But you've got to execute if you're going to do it. Ole Miss can't revert to who they were offensively against LSU and have a bunch of drives stall out. They need to be consistent offensively. You have to get points on every single drive. But you got to put some pressure on Alabama on just about every drive. You don't need four three-and-outs in this game where you give Alabama the ball back and then that dangerous offense can get going. So those are my uh, my two, which I know I probably exceeded my time allotment. But, hey, we got two hours. Do whatever we want to do, right? We're talking football on a football weekend. So let's scoot down the road a bit to Starkville, Mississippi. Bulldogs hosting the Georgia Bulldogs. Mississippi State absolutely must do what, hey, Dad? If they want to not be competitive, if they want to win tomorrow night against Georgia, Mississippi State must do what? They need to go find where they pack the offense from the Arkansas and Texas A&M games and let that run free on Saturday night. They've got to run... uh, the ball. Run the dang ball. I know it's an air raid offense. They're still going to throw it 40 times. But 55, 60 passes, 24 straight passes, 36 out of 40 passes on first down. Mm-hmm. Just just don't show up at that point. Save us all the trouble of watching that bludgeoning. I'll stay home and stay warm. If you're going to go out there and play the game... Play to win, and it's it's hard to believe you're saying this with with Mike Leach. It's hard to believe you're saying this with Mississippi State for all those years. They just ran the ball for it didn't matter what down and distance were. But now, if State's not going to be balanced on offense, they have zero shot. So they have to run the football on Saturday night. I agree with everything you said. Here's mine: Mississippi State absolutely must do this if they want to win the game. They must have two non-offensive touchdowns. Punt return, kickoff return, pick six, scoop and that's, score. That's how upsets happen. What, whatever it is, Mississippi State wants to win. Not one. They're going to have two. Two non-offensive scores. That could be a recipe for an upset for Mississippi State tomorrow night in Starkville. Borky, Mississippi State must do what? Make Stetson Bennett uncomfortable. For as good as he has been at times, he hasn't always been that way. If 
he's had a couple of stinkers, honestly. I mean, there was a period in the Florida game where he wasn't particularly good, even though they had, what was it, 42 points in the game. Make him uncomfortable. Throw him different looks he hasn't seen. He's not, I mean, he's good, but he's not perfect. And defenses at times this year have made him look pedestrian. And State, I think, has a chance to do the same thing. They've got dudes in that front six, and they've got a good scheme, especially up front in a blitz package. If you're getting home and making him uncomfortable, you can slow this Georgia offense down. Other teams have done it, so they've got to make Stetson Bennett uncomfortable. If he is able to stand in a clean pocket, he will beat you. But other quarterbacks seem to possibly even thrive when under duress. Not him. If you make him uncomfortable, if you pressure him... you have a chance to slow that offense down for sure. Question number two. Mississippi State absolutely cannot do what, Brian Haydad, if they want to win? They cannot continue to drop passes. It's just been a plague these past few weeks. Again, you know, you go back to the A&M and the Arkansas games, your two best games of the year, wasn't an issue. But Kentucky, Alabama, and, and lesser so against Auburn, but they were still there. These drop passes. I mean, Rodgers is he's struggling back there. Bail him out. Help him out with some some catches. You know, fight for the football. I do think Rodgers needs to be a little more aggressive this week. You know, throw up some 50-50 balls. Ra Ra Thomas, Caleb Ducking, those are big receivers. Let them challenge Georgia's DBs and see what happens. You're not supposed to win anyway. Give it a shot, but we'll see. I, I, the state's receivers started out the year really well. They have not played well the last three weeks. Mississippi State absolutely cannot get themselves in um, off-schedule downs and distances. Found another way to talk about off-schedule and ahead of the chains and whatever. This offense is so much more effective in 2nd and 6 than it is 2nd and 12. Newsflash, so is every other offense in the history of offensive football. You're better... When you have manageable down and distance. But if Mississippi State consistently finds itself in, you know, second and nine, third and nine, second and 12, third and 15, forget about it. Georgia will pin their ears back. Probably going to be able to get pressure with four. It's not like they're going to have to bring six to get pressure on Will Rogers. And that is a recipe for disaster. Which goes back to what Haydad was talking about a second ago. You're going to have to run the dang ball. You're just going to have to. So that you don't find yourself in second and nine. Yeah. Or if you are going to throw it, you, you can't average six to eight yards per completion. If you're going to throw the football 60 times, some of them have to travel further than 10 yards down the field. Because if you're going to stand in the pocket and then check down to your running back all night, you are going to get smoked. This Georgia defense is perfectly equipped to stopping that. You've got to be more vertical. Six yards per completion will get you beat by 40. And that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, is two questions. We'll be back with you right after this. Nothing brings people together and forms a lasting bond like sports. Sports Talk Mississippi. Covering your favorite teams like no one else. On the Super Talk app, supertalk.fm, and on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station.
Memphis fight song action. They played last night. Got their fifth win of the season. Beat Tulsa. You know, maybe it's just Tulsa. Maybe it's not. Maybe it wasn't Mississippi State. Maybe Tulsa was the uh, the antagonist. Because we had it again last night. A couple little dust-ups in the ball games. Got some, some folks who got sent to the showers early. Some first-half ejections. Some second-half ejections. They didn't even wait till the game was over this time. Yeah. Memphis got the win over Tulsa last night. Tulsa... Tulsa is the home of Bunky Perkins. That is going to be a dirty program by definition. Did I tell you I had dinner with him a couple weeks ago? Did you? Oh, man, yeah. I wish I had known. I told you to tell him hey for me. Yeah, I did. I told him you said hello. I just made oh, well, it up, but I, I told him you said hello. I figured you yeah, would have I would have said hello. Yeah. I would have, yes. No, it was uh, it was good. Good. Mark, you make sure him. you clip that. You tweet it out. You let Bunky know what we said about him on this show. He's filthy dirty. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know that he's a Tulsa fan, but okay. He lives there. It's good enough. That's good enough. If uh, if you want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. Um, I think this was... When it comes to old, well, I don't know. This may have come in when we were talking about Mississippi State in the absolutely must do for Mississippi State. We get a message that says must throw deep, even if it's incomplete. You agree with that? Mm-hmm. Yes. State has to be willing to show it's willing to do these things. You have to be willing to run the football. You have to be willing to take some chances down the field. You can't just play check down, check down, check down with Georgia all night. You'll lose by fifty. So. Yes, they have to take some chances, throw some 50-50 balls up to, to ducking, to rah-rah, uh, to, to, to and, and sort of go from there. See if Justin Robinson wants to get involved against his former team. Throw the ball up to him. Yeah, if, if state's receivers are as good as people there think that they are, then at some point your quarterback's got to just trust you. I mean, how often do you see that in the NFL when there's Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes get all the credit, but like... The broadcast will say, you know, that's just Josh Allen throwing up a ball to Stephon Diggs and just saying, yeah, I think my guy's better than yours. Just go make a play. Here's the ball. Just go make a play. Yeah. It's not It's not a particularly accurate throw. It's just, I believe in my guy to go make a play over that guy, and I just throw it to him and hope he does it. That, that is a I, thing that happens all around. I believe. Hey, I believe that. <laughs> ten days. Ten days. But you're not talking about that. Uh Will Rogers has got to do the same thing. If you love ducking, if you love him as a receiver, then take some chances. If he's covered down the field and you think he's a great receiver, have him prove it to you. It's those kind of things that C.J. Stroud does it with Marvin Harrison Jr. Kid will be covered. Here's the football. Go get it. And he'll go get it because he's a great receiver. A little difference in the... Difference in the talent level there. But it yes. is, but that that's a thing that still has got to happen. Because it works out for you so often when you do that if you have quality receivers. Don't forget, the the penalties, if you will, are in their favor, right? If if there's a fight for the football and a defender is has got his jersey a little bit and he doesn't catch it, guess what? Get a first down anyway. 
I would love to know how many defensive pass interferences have been called against Mississippi State this year. You don't give them the chance. You don't think that number's very high? I wouldn't expect it to be high because you don't give them the chance to commit the penalty. Yeah. Hmm. That's a... uh, I'm, I'm sure that stat exists somewhere. I would not know where to find it, though. But that would be, you know, it would be really fascinating to see defensive pass interferences against in comparison to counterparts in the SEC. Yeah, or per pass. How did State win the game last week? How did State win the game? They threw a long ball down the field and got a pass interference call. It set them up with first and goal. Very questionable call. Try it. what? It doesn't matter. It was questionable. Refs are idiots. They make questionable calls every week. Put the I think I think that Saban does that. I think Saban tells his DBs, go out there and be physical and push them around him and put it on the ref to make, make the call. call. They won't. Except exactly. this year they have. This year they have against Alabama. I must have and, missed that in the state game. I didn't see any. Yeah, of that. the most penalized team no, in the no, SEC no, it didn't commits happen against Mississippi State. Against Mississippi that, State. No. Yeah. No. Now, on the heels of like two out of their previous five games and and two of their last three on the road where they had had 17 penalties or something absurd like that, they committed, what, three against Mississippi State at home? Mm-hmm. It was, yes. Yeah. Then Nick Saban had done a little bit of complaining. He, you know, he, you know, publicly, our guys have got to be better. Privately, these are all the things that we sent to the SEC that we complained about. But that doesn't have any effect on what happens next week. I mean, that's just just stuff that happens behind the scenes, right? No effect on outcomes of games. None. None whatsoever. Sports Talk Mississippi. I have an exercise for us when we come back. It pertains to quarterbacks. I don't do exercise. Yeah, you're going to on this one, though, because it also involves ranking. We'll be right back. To the sports. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. On Super Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, and of course on your Supertalk Mississippi radio stations. Thanks for being with us. Alongside Brian Haydad and Michael Borky, I'm Richard Cross. We are coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. Visit them if you're in that part of the state of Mississippi. Plan a trip. You don't just have to be passing through. Plan your trip. Stay at the Golden Moon. You can have great food and great entertainment. There's some golf if the weather's cooperating. It's a little dicier this time of the year, but Dancing Rabbit's ready for you. And, of course, the sports book for you to get in on the action this weekend and every weekend. You want to be a part of the conversation? We'd love to hear from you. C Spire text line 601-879-4395. A lot of you on the road this afternoon, this evening, headed perhaps to Starkville, whether you are a Mississippi State fan or a Georgia fan making your way into the Magnolia State. Welcome, if you are. Same thing. A lot of folks headed to Oxford, whether it's from the state of Alabama or Ole Miss fans making the trip in for a big game with Ole Miss and Alabama. 
wherever you are, however you're traveling, please be careful on the road. Don't turn a, uh, uh, a routine trip into a family tragedy. If you drink, don't get behind the wheel. Just be smart about it all the way around. So I told you, uh, perhaps provocative content, I don't mean that in a bad way, I think this is something that has the ability to anger four different fan bases. It is, I told Michael Borky during the break, hey, Dad, a superfluous idea. It means absolutely nothing. It's not even a great comparison, and yet, here we go. Two SEC games in the state of Mississippi this weekend. One in Starkville with the number one team in the country in Georgia and Mississippi State. One in Oxford. Top 11 matchup, number 9 Alabama, number 11 Ole Miss. Four quarterbacks in those two games. Let's rank them. You got Bryce Young, the reigning Heisman Trophy candidate for Ole Miss, or for Alabama at quarterback. Jackson Dart going for Ole Miss. His numbers through the air don't blow you away. His ground numbers have been really good. He's improving each week. You got Will Rogers, who puts up absolute video game numbers, but there are questions in his game. And you've got Stetson Bennett, who some would label as the ultimate game manager. People still act surprised when he makes a play with his feet and probably underrated as a passer. So you have to rank the four quarterbacks that are playing in two SEC games in the state of Mississippi this weekend, one through four. Hey, Deb, would you like to go first? Sure. Uh, Young is definitely number one for me. I mean, rating Heisman Trophy winner, he'll be a top draft choice. We can all agree on that, right? I think so, yeah. I would go Bennett, too. He just doesn't make mistakes. Can make plays is is very underrated in my opinion. Um, can I get two Will Rogers? Can I get first six games Will Rogers and then last three games Will Rogers? Can I have two Will Rogers to choose from? No, you can only choose one Will Rogers. The Will Rogers that is playing against Georgia tomorrow. That's the Will Rogers I want you to rank. Gosh. I'll put him ahead of Dart, but it's a lot closer than anybody would believe in my head. I mean, I'm 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 really torn. I just feel like Will. I I'm, I'm, I I almost can't justify it. I might I might just be homering this one up. <laughs> but Will's played it, terrible it, the last three games. It, here's well, yeah, he, he, Will has not played well the last three weeks. He just hasn't. He's not. He don't. I don't think he has any confidence right now. Here's the question: If you gave, if you took all 14 coaches in the SEC, and gave them a choice between Will Rogers and Jackson Dart, how many would pick one over the other? I, 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 I mean, I think I think Dart would be really good in State's offense. You know, maybe he's not quite accurate as, as Mike Leach has would like, but the the running threat would make a, a huge difference. Whereas in Ole Miss's offense, what does Rogers do? He can't run. Yeah, I mean, my initial thought is Will Rogers doesn't work in Lane Kiffin's offense, but at the same time, I think that's selling. That, that kind of flies in the face of everything that we have said about what Lane Kiffin does with personnel. Right? I mean, clearly in the last two versions of Ole Miss, offensively with Lane Kiffin calling plays with two different quarterbacks, the run game has been a huge part of it. But when Lane Kiffin has had not a mobile quarterback, he has found other ways to be successful. So I would think that Lane Kiffin would try to figure out a way to maximize Will Rogers' talent, but it would not look like what it looks like right now. You can tell there's a preference 
based on you know what Dart can do and how they're recruiting as well. They'd prefer a guy well, that I mean, can run. That's that's true. That's true about Leach up until you get to this year's signing class with Chris Parson. He's always recruited similar guys though. Yeah. Quarter coaches have tendencies just like players do. Borky, give me your top four. Young Bennett, Dart Rogers. Young Bennett, Dart Rogers. It's hard to discount Stetson Bennett, man. Just I mean, yesterday, he, he was a state. He was a state homer. Now look at him. Well, I, frankly, well, he he used to be like anti Stetson Bennett. I mean, all he wanted to do was make law firm jokes, and now he's no, and country club jokes, country, and now he's like a stand for Stetson Bennett. Uh, but yeah. yeah, you can't deny what he's done. Uh, look. Last year they did ask him basically not to screw it up, but when it came down to it, that kid delivered. I mean, he he just did, and yeah, yeah, he's got more talent around him, all that. But but buddy, a national championship winning quarterback that throws the deep ball as well as as he has shown at times. At what point do you stop ignoring it and just accepting that? Hey, this kid can play. Now he's yeah. been a little inconsistent this year, but but he can play. Um, and it, again, I go back to. Uh, Talent. Who's more talented, Jackson Dart or Will Rogers? Who's more talented? Who's the quarterback that can do more? I think that answer is... I think that's an obvious answer. Yeah. I love that we've come full circle, right? I, we've gone from me being the one defending Stetson Bennett to Michael Borky now being the one defending Stetson. Like, we used to not be able to have this conversation without you two guys going, Justin Fields, George is doing it again. And I was like, hold on, Hal. Hold on. He's proven himself, though, right? You, you can't argue with the results, can you? Yeah. You can't. Uh, so so he, here's the deal. Uh, C Spire Text Line, we're ranking the four quarterbacks playing in the two games this weekend, and we get this answer. One, Mississippi State QB. Two, Ole Miss QB. Three, Tennessee QB. Four, Florida QB. Okay. With all, what? With all due respect to your opinion, that? you're allowed to have one just like all of us, and they are all about as valid as each. Uh, if you're taking Will Rogers or Jackson Dart over Hendon Hooker, you're a crazy person. Yeah. Tim and Richard. Well, never mind goes, that. Two of those quarterbacks aren't playing this weekend in Mississippi. <laughs> yes, that was that was kind of the point that you I just was made making. it up as you went. Although you made it up as you went, and the list was wrong. If Tennessee and Florida were here, though, uh, Tim and Ridgeland says his list is Young, Bennett, Rogers, Dart. Uh, Bob goes with Young, Bennett, Rogers. Uh, he goes three Rogers, three B Dart. Dale and the Delta four are the same thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're only we're only ranking four there, Bobby. Pat Dale from the Delta. Bennett is top two. He doesn't get enough credit for his arm strength and his mobility. Okay. The only debate here is three four. One two is settled. That's the only debate is three four. Do you want to put Rogers ahead of Dart, or, or do you want to put Dart ahead of Rogers? Yeah. I mean, unless you're wearing maroon underwear, red and blue striped underwear, then maybe you go a different route. But I think even then, you you recognize that, yeah, okay, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, probably the clear-cut answer in this scenario that is just such a made-up scenario, and yet, here we are. I think it's a fascinating enough conversation. So, but let's go one one deeper. What does Mississippi State need from Will Rogers? If they're going to pull the upset tomorrow. Or, even if it's not pull the upset, but if this is going to be a competitive game into the fourth quarter, even if you believe that at some point Georgia pulls away, 
What does Mississippi State need from Will Rogers to cover to be in the game in the fourth quarter? And we need they need him to be willing to run the football. And I mean a lot of that falls onto Rogers in this offense. And he's the one making the checks. But then they need him to be accurate with passes beyond ten yards down the field. You know, great if he's dumping off, but it doesn't do anything. It doesn't move the chains. Georgia doesn't miss tackles. They're going to be quick to the ball when it arrives. You got to you got to throw balls that when are, where if they catch the pass, it's a first down. Okay. This is actually an interesting thought that comes in. Again, you can text us on the ceasefire text line at six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Bennett ahead of Young so far this season. Bryce Young has not played up to the level of the trophy that he won a season ago. Mm, are you sure? No, I don't agree with that. Stetson Bennett's been really, really good. And and maybe that's ultimately the compliment that this texture is paying. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV. More coming up with you after this. Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Say that again. Please say Now, back to Sports Talk Mississippi. Sorry, poorly timed joke, completely inappropriate. On Super Talk Mississippi. I tip my cap to the Mississippi State Band. Great fight song. Hey, it's just good. It's got Small all the victories. Big, Take them where all, you can get them. All the big brass and all of that good stuff. All right, high school football playoff picture tonight in the state of Mississippi. 6A Region 1, South Haven and Starkville. Also in Region 1, South Panola and Madison Central. Region 2, Clinton. The Clinton Arrows and DeSoto Central. Tupelo and Lewisburg. Region 3, you've got Brandon against Hancock. And Oak Grove against Biloxi. Region 4 is Gulfport Warren Central. And Ocean Springs Northwest Rankin. Ocean Springs Northwest Rankin, that's, uh, that one will grab your attention a little bit. That's what you got in 6A. 5A tonight. Also, first round of the playoffs, Region 1, West Point, Holmes County, Holmes County Central, and the Lafayette Commodores and the Callaway Chargers. So Lafayette and Callaway, Region 2, Neshoba Central, Columbus, Vicksburg, Cleveland. Region 3, you've got Hattiesburg against Van Cleve and West Jones against East Central. And down in South Mississippi in Region 4, Gaucher against Wayne County. And Picayune against Laurel, the Golden Tornadoes. One A gets started, wave, right? 
Uh, yes, yes. The Maroon Wave and the Golden Tornadoes. 1A gets started tonight as well. In Region 1 of 1A, Biggersville and West Tallahatchie. Also in Region 1, Oklahoma South Delta. Region 2 is Simmons against Smithville. And McEvans. Anybody know the McEvans mascot? Take a guess. I didn't know McEvans High School. So no. McEvans High School in Shaw, Mississippi. The Hawks facing off against the Ashland Blue Devils. Uh, South half, Region 3. Hamilton and Resurrection Catholic. West Lowndes and Lumberton. Region 4, you've got the Tartars of Taylorsville, Navarta, and Rams. And uh, Bay Springs and Sebastopol. Sebastopol Bobcats. All right, so we are into the second round of the playoffs in 2A, 3A, and 4A. So second round in 4A, Mendenhall and Columbia. Mendenhall blanked Lanier last week, 41-0. Columbia beat Green County. So you got Mendenhall and Columbia. This is in the north. Macomb and Quitman last week. Guys, is this... Is this real? Did Quitman really beat Macomb 2-0? This is... 2-0 is what this says. So Quitman and Moss Point. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, So Quitman and Moss Point tonight. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, In the south, you got Poplarville against Newton County. Stone against North Pike. Sadly, that's apparently not real. Is that not real? That's a shame. I wish it was. We can get Did the highlights. The actual score? Uh, Josh and Laurel chimed in on the text line. I would love the highlights. Okay. It's 15 seconds of the one safety and 15 seconds of punts. Well, I mean, who was it? Laurel and who? No, no, no. It was um, it was Quitman and Macomb. I'll let you work on 42, that. 42 21 final score. Oh. Two yeah. to nothing okay. would have been way better. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, there's a yeah, there's a bug in this uh, this scoreboard because they're like four two to nothing games. What, that would have been even better than one two to nothing game. There were four different games where the outcome last week in the first round of the playoffs was two to nothing. Uh, my apologies. Yeah, I, I messed up on that. Uh, Itawamba AHS against Senatobia, Houston against West Lauderdale, Clarksdale against Caledonia. And the Louisville Wildcats and the Ripley Tigers. Those are the games that are happening tonight in 4A in 3A tonight. By the way, the scoreboard show coming your way tonight starting at 10 o'clock. It's the Mississippi Farm Bureau Insurance Company scoreboard show, 10 until 1130. Those guys will get you caught up with all of the scores from all across the state of Mississippi. So here's 3A. Wesson, the Wesson Cobras, and the Tylertown Chiefs. Raleigh and St. Stanislaus. Raleigh beat Morton last week. Jefferson County against McGee. Jefferson Davis County against Hazelhurst. Kasuth and Humphreys. Independence and Noxabee County. Winona and Water Valley. Water Valley beat Rosa Fort last week. Winona knocked off Nettleton. And then the Amory Panthers, who won last week against Yazoo County, facing off against North Panola. Those are all second-round games in 3A. And finally, your 2A playoff bracket. These are second-round games as well. Heidelberg and Philadelphia, Scott Central and Collins, East Marion and Lake, and then you got Mize against Velma Jackson. Mize beat Amit last week. Velma Jackson 
beat Newton handily. Baldwin and Northside. Baldwin got the win over East Webster last week. Northside beat O'Bannon. And uh, let's see, you got Eupora and Jay-Z George. Uh, a couple of competitive games. Jay-Z George beat Cahoma County by uh, two there, 28-26. Charleston and Calhoun City. Calhoun City was a winner over the Urchins of East Union last week. And uh, Charleston beat the Leland Cubs. And then LaFleur County and Choctaw County meeting tonight as well. Choctaw County put 61 on the board last week against Belmont. Stepped on an urchin once. Didn't Choctaw. feel good. That was no good? Choctaw County has the uh, state's top player in the 2025 class. Really? Five-star receiver Caleb Cunningham. Yes. Let's see if we can find some MAIS playoffs as well. Um, I know who's not in those playoffs. <laughs> who's that? Hey, Dad. My my beloved alma mater. Yeah, I will. Uh, I'll have to find that. I do not have those pulled up right now. So, uh, yeah, I don't have it. We'll we'll get the uh, MAIS playoffs for you coming up as well. So, a big night of high school football all across the state of Mississippi may start out warm, but the temperature is going to drop throughout the course of the night. So you can uh, figure that out as well. Dan in Hattiesburg says, usually a score of 2 nothing signifies a COVID forfeit. Yeah, I don't know exactly what happened. So I don't think that's uh, that's right. Um, and Brandon tells us that McEvans is the Warriors now, Richard. Oh! They changed school name, color, and mascot. So. Quite the uh, quite the marketing ploy there. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot more yeah, t-shirts. <laughs> it's all about selling merchandise. Branding, man. All about merch. Yeah, you, you got to turn it over. I mean, you that that's that's just basic branding 101. You got to change little things here or there to get people to buy more stuff. Going back to our quarterback conversation, we uh, we we get this message, and I actually think this is it's pretty good. Great games require great quarterback play. Who will step up? Especially an upset. An upset you almost have, unless, for State, I don't think that State can upset Georgia by playing really strong defensively and winning like 14-10 to 10 or something like that. 3-2. to two. So, yeah, oh God, why? Why would you do that? Um, but that said, yeah, Rodgers for State to win has to have a great game. And upset is a, is, is a weird word with Ole Miss Alabama, with, with Ole Miss being, you know, the one-loss team. But it's the same thing applies, though. Dart has to play well. For Ole Miss to be able to beat Alabama, did I let you get me to agree that Maroon Wave was the? It's it's the Maroon Tide. It's picking you. Maroon Tide. Yeah. Yeah. As I see, we have some text referring that to us. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Did I get you to agree? You just thought it was Wave. You make it sound like I coerced you. No, like I, I was leading the witness. Was, I, I was reading, you know, the the matchups for sixty different games across the state, and I didn't stop to like, process what you said. Like I, I put a baseball bat to your head and said, "Say Maroon Wave, Richard, or some, else." Sometimes I just assume accuracy from you. A bad assumption. You know what happens when you assume? Sorry, I didn't know that one. I didn't know that one mascot. My bad guy. 
I am I am looking forward to our conversation with Bruce Marshall. That's coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, we talk with Bruce weekly, and uh, I was texting with Bruce earlier in the week, and and we were asking, or I was asking him about that that LSU Arkansas game. Uh, we'll get his thoughts on that game. We'll get his thoughts on Mississippi State, Georgia, and Ole Miss, Alabama, and some others. And my favorite thing to do is is the whole tell me the game that you love, Bruce. He he went on such an absolute heater on those last year, and this year he's been I don't know probably fifty fifty on those kind of extra games maybe off the radar just a little bit that uh, that he really enjoys. Uh, thanks for being with us this afternoon. Halfway through on a Friday, rolling into the weekend, rolling into a big football weekend. There's also basketball happening. Mississippi State is playing in Philadelphia tonight against Akron in the Barstool Classic. I think it's the Barstool Classic. Barstool something. Uh, first game is uh, is happening right now. UAB is playing somebody. Who's UAB playing? Toledo. UAB uh, and Toledo. Toledo. Yeah. That's right. And then you got Mississippi State and Akron uh, coming up later tonight. And Ole Miss is at home tonight at uh, the Pavilion with their second game of the season. Beat Alcorn State earlier in. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Your new home for exclusive sports coverage here in the Magnolia State. How do you like that? I love it. On Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Friday afternoon. Sports Time to go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Our friend Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet. You can visit them at goldsheet.com. He joins us to talk about games. Bruce, happy Friday afternoon. What's up, my friend? Let's try it one more time. Bruce, you there? Hey, how you doing, Rich? Good, my man. Welcome to the weekend. Yes, sir. I'm in. I'm up in Memphis right now. I'll be coming down to uh, Oxford tomorrow. Well, I, I heard you were coming, and so I had to get out of town. I'm actually in Houston. I've got TV responsibilities for the Temple Houston game tomorrow. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have the challenge of calling a game and watching another game at the exact same time. We'll, we'll see how that works out. Well, if anyone can do it, you can, Rich. <laughs> we'll see. We'll give it a go. Hey, I, I texted you about this game earlier this week. And you, you had kind of an interesting explanation. I still, though, don't understand what I'm looking at when I see a line that has only moved half a point all week long. LSU, with the way that they've been playing, Arkansas, with the way that they've been playing, with the questionable health of K.J. Jefferson, and yet still LSU only a three-and-a-half-point favorite in the game in Fayetteville. I'm either going to look like a moron after this Saturday, Bruce, or it's going to be one where we finally kind of pulled one over the eyes of the guys in Vegas. Wow. I, you know, I, I hear all that, and I looked at this number. To, you know, it's one, it's one of these things, Rich. I looked even ahead to this game last week, even before last week's games, and I checked out our power ratings, and it's like, geez, do we really have Arkansas being favored at home over LSU? And, you know, we did. And then we, we made some adjustments after uh, last week. So it's, this is just sort of a carryover and a point spread sort of a thing. Uh, but uh, a couple of things, and Jefferson's availability, I think, would be uh, huge here. If he, if, if you know, I think he's probably going to go. But uh, you know, he has taken a pretty beating this year. I mean, this is yeah. the sort of game he plays; he gets hurt. But and I normally don't thread the needle this much, 
in a in a in a game like this, but I actually think LSU can win and not cover the number. And I normally don't do that. If I'm going to pick an underdog to cover in a, in a short price, I usually pick them to win. Uh, we got to remember something about LSU, though. Except the games against Southern U and New Mexico, they trail in every game this year. And some games they've trailed a lot. Now, all yeah. credit to Brian Kelly for keeping the resilience there, but that's just the way these guys play. They fly very close to the flame. What I'm not sure about, so I think they're, you know, Arkansas, that's what I'm concerned about more is Arkansas here. After losing to Liberty last week, they can go either two ways. The whole season could go down the drain. They can even miss a bowl if they don't turn it around, or they, they come back fighting uh, this week uh, for Sam Pittman. You know, the, the, the one other note, Jimmy out down Baton Rouge, he has an old theory, and I think it's pretty good. Any time after you storm the court in hoops or, or the field in football, the next week you go against the team. That was like a championship win last week for LSU uh, against Alabama. And to play the early window tomorrow, it's going to be tough. 34-33 LSU. And here I am threading the needle. They win and don't cover. And like I said, I don't do that in the spread this, this tight, but I'm going to try it tomorrow. All right, so hold on. You got to run Jimmy Ott's theory by me one more time. If they if they storm the court, then what? You go against them the next week. So, like, you'd go against LSU this week. You'd go against Notre Dame because they stormed but, the but, field. But hold on, Clemson. there's a problem with that though, Bruce. Yeah. LSU stormed the field in consecutive games. They stormed the field after beating Ole Miss and then had an open date, and then stormed the field again after beating Alabama. Well, there you go. There's there's a quirk in this here. Jimmy would say, "Hey, you had the bye week in between there, so maybe okay. <laughs> maybe that's the uh, maybe that's the difference." So you, you just stay away from this one. Is that is that what maybe I yeah, hear I you doing? Yeah, I think there's better spots than this one for sure this week. Yeah. All right, give me give me a spot that you really like this week that we ought to be looking closely at. Okay, Penn State, uh, ten ten and a half Maryland. Uh, here's a few. This this one should be a lot higher spread. One. Maryland is doing it again. Uh, the second half of the season has been a bad spot for Mike Loxley since he got there. And the pattern of this season is the same as in recent years. They start off quick against a soft non-conference slate. They play good for one or two games in the Big Ten. By the time you get to mid-October, though, it all starts to go sideways for them. They usually don't have the depth. The attrition starts to set in. Teams figure out what Loxley's doing, and they lose. How about this? Second half of the season since Loxley got there, 2-18 and 18 against the spread in regular season games. I adjusted that a bit for the COVID season, whatever the number halfway was there. It was after that. But they are fading again now. Other note, James Franklin has something against Maryland. And this comes from back when he was on staff there and was mm. apparently the heir apparent when yeah. Ralph Regan retired. Something happened, and he ended up, didn't work there, and he ended up going to Vanderbilt. He was very upset at Maryland. When he has had a chance to step on their throats in recent years, once he came back to Penn State, he has done it. 66-3, 59-nothing. Um, they've won and covered five of the last six against the Terps. The only one they didn't was in COVID 2020. I think this number's way too light. So Penn State, 40-17. to James Franklin, he, he looks like the sort of guy who would hold a grudge, and he certainly does against Maryland. Yeah, there, there's nobody that does petty quite like James Franklin does petty. So, yeah, okay, I, I like that. What about in Oxford? Alabama and Ole Miss, Alabama 12-point favorite. I think there's some places, Borky was saying earlier, where maybe that one's ticked down to 11-and-a-half. Uh, seems to have kind of settled at 12 and stayed there all week long. What do you think? I think Ole Miss can hang in here. Um, I mean, it's always, you know, anything going against Bama. But, look, you get, Saban is 
failed to cover a lot of point spreads the last couple of years. This team has the same personality as last year. They played at the level of the opposition. Or maybe they're just not as good. We're comparing everything to 2020, and they had all those NFL guys all over the field at Devontae and Waddle and Mac Jones and Najee here. I mean, this is, you can't. At that level, I mean, even if it's Bama, it's hard to replace that. Also, one other part, I've talked to some people around this week. In the age of nil, maybe Saban's having a little bit harder time getting through to these guys. I mean, he's not the supreme leader anymore for these guys who are still getting paid now. And, um, you know, they have some different guys they're listening to maybe. I don't know. If, if, if Ole Miss can win the turnover battle tomorrow, they will have a chance. And I think unlike the past couple of years, certainly two years ago when Lane was trying to out just you throw haymakers with him, the Mac Jones last year, they had Ole Miss slowed down the pace. This year, they're definitely a run first team. So that will slow the pace down a bit, but it's still going to be up to Jackson Dart making a few plays. I think he can make enough to keep them close. I'm not sure if they can win. 33-28, Bama. Uh, you know, Bama has fallen, had too many close games like this in recent years. I know they've, They've 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 beaten Ole Miss every year since uh, Hugh Freeze got them twice, but um, I think Ole Miss can make this thing pretty interesting at Vaughn Hemingway tomorrow. All right, so uh, you you said thirty three twenty eight Alabama over Ole Miss, so taking the points with the Rebels, Georgia and Mississippi State in Starkville. Uh, Georgia's sixteen and a half point favorite. They're coming off the huge emotional win over Tennessee last week. They they clearly were the the better team, the dominant team in that ball game. <laughs> Did they carry that same mindset on the road to Starkville against a Mississippi State team? It's been up and down. I think it might be tough, Rich, just from the, the personality that Georgia has had. They've taken their eye off the road a few times this season, um, and they haven't brought their A game every week. When they are good, they are really good. Tennessee found that out last week. George, uh, Oregon found it out in the opener. Um, I think Mississippi State, from what we had heard, man, you might have heard some of the same thing. They were maybe sort of looking ahead last week, the Auburn game. They almost got caught. Um, it's a different sort of a, the Mike Leach version of the spread is is different than, than the Hypo version, which is a lot of RPO and things like that with Hooker. This is short, quick, uh, quick throws by, uh, by Rodgers. Um, that can negate the pressure, I think, that Georgia brings. This defense, we've talked about it all year, isn't that bad, uh, Zach Arnett's defense. And uh, for Georgia, you know, they I don't know if they stormed the field last week, but, I mean, that was a supreme effort. Um, I mean, two weeks in a row, this, I think this is a this is a banana peel. Uh, and I like Mississippi State a lot. Maybe not to win it, but uh, make it interesting. 27-19, Georgia, I think they got a fight in their hands tomorrow in Starkville. 27-19 so relatively low scoring in that one as well. Bruce, uh, before we run out of time, tell people where they can get your picks if they would like to do that. Thank you, Rich. Check us out online, goldsheet.com. Hey, we got Gold Sheet basketball every day, too, so I'm lighting up college hoops as well, uh, and along with the football stuff, too. Goldsheet.com, my picks there, also Vegas Insider and DonBest.com. Hey, real quick, Bruce, is this a good time of year to be involved in basketball? Is this that maybe the opportunity to, to kind of put a little little bit of fundage in your war chest? <laughs> it's always a good time, Rich. Uh, but I, I will, the caution is I, I tend to nibble a little bit more early in the season because okay. you really need to see some of these teams to find out. But there's a few. I'll, I'll throw one out to you tonight. A Monmouth, Virginia under. Monmouth totally rebuilt. New league this year. King Rice, new team. Um, they were under against Seton Hall the other night. I think they go okay. under against Tony Bennett's pack line tonight in Charlottesville. Hey, one other game. I mean, when you get two, three, and six teams together, I don't know what you expect. We got Texas A&M and Auburn. That game is sold out. 
They played really hard for Carnell Williams last week. A&M, I don't know. I mean, they're looking at 4-8 and eight this year, maybe. Do you like Auburn in this, this spot, even as a favorite? I do. I can't believe I'm saying that, but I do. And I, <laughs> I, actually, I actually think that Texas A&M is a little bit more of a dysfunctional spot right now than Auburn, even with moving Arson out and Carnell. I mean, Cadillac's trying. I think they might keep him on staff there, which would be a good idea. No doubt. Not that he's going to be the head coach, but, I mean, they played very hard last week. They've got Bigsby. I mean, I, Ashford, you know, they're not asking him to pass that much, but he can run. I think a is a complete mess. Remember, Jimbo, had, he ran a couple kids out, suspended a few kids a few weeks ago internally. Yep. I think this is a complete mess. Auburn, 30-24. to 24. Beautiful. Bruce, thanks so much, as always, for your time. Great catching up. We'll talk to you next week. Okay, Rich, thank you. Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. The Junction, in the Grove, and to the top. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Bruce Marshall, great as always. Pick Mississippi State to cover. Yeah, that is a low-scoring ball game. Hey, Dad. He and Lee both take the Bulldogs to to cover. Yeah, is that I making you? I won't admit. Rethink? I will admit that I am surprised. Yeah, no, I'm not rethinking anything. Can can we can we talk about something that's happening right now? Michael Borky brought this to my attention. I've kind of been following it as well. So Mississippi State's playing in the Barstool Sports Invitational tonight in Philadelphia at Wells Fargo Arena. They're playing Akron. Game number two for Chris Jans as the head coach at Mississippi State. Game number one is UAB and Toledo. Andy Kennedy is the coach of UAB. We have seen in Major League Baseball, I think that's the only sport where we've seen this happen, in-game interviews with players while on the field. Did they do that any in-season, Borky, or was that just in spring training games? I think they've done it some in-season, right? Yep. It's rare, and when it happens, we all applaud it. We're like, that's so cool. And there's some people that push back on it. They have Andy Kennedy wired up during the game, not for the entirety of the game, an earpiece in where the announcers are talking back and forth with Andy Kennedy while the game is going on. Now, I have many thoughts. For my, my first thought is, Andy Kennedy might be the only coach in America that can pull that off or would be willing to try. Did they, did they do that a couple of years ago with an SEC network or an ESPN game that UAB played in? I don't know. I, I, I think they've done that one other time. But the only reason they did it was because you remember Andy Kennedy and Tom Hart worked together for a season and got to be good friends and close and kind of understood the way each other operated. And I want to say that they tried that in one UAB game maybe that that Tom broadcast. I I would have to go back and ask him about that. But Borky, they're not talking basketball. I mean, they're talking a little bit of basketball. But, like, there's a transition break where Toledo's got the ball and you've got Big Cat asking – Andy Kennedy, when his hair first fell out. 
how long he's been bald. <laughs> and he's in between his answer about how his team's shot selection is why he doesn't have hair anymore. He's barking out orders. I mean, it's it's electric stuff, man. And then, in in typical barstool fashion, Portnoy says that that he bet on Toledo and he's not happy with the start of the game. To the coach of the team that's winning the game, hey coach, I bet on the other team. I don't like this. And then Kennedy says, well, you know, thank you. I used that in my pregame speech that the people putting the tournament on are even betting against you. Jeez. That's something. That's, I mean, we're in the technology age, man. It, it, same thing. I, I think it applies to golf. I wish, I wish we could hear more of the conversations between player and caddy. Mic them all up. you got to get them to agree to it, I guess. But football, wouldn't you love to have a live access feed to Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin tomorrow? Do you know how much better that broadcast would be? That it, would it, be, but, but no them talking back and forth with the game announcers. Yeah, they would. I mean, you you couldn't ask them to do that, but just where hey, here's a live tap in with a delay or whatever. But but more of that, wouldn't you just love to hear Nick Saban on the sidelines yelling at his team and or his coaches or not yelling at all, just going through everything they go through during a game? We're talking about enhancing a broadcast. We spend twenty million dollars on freaking Tony Romo when all you have to do is slap a microphone on the coach. Makes it more valuable than Romo. No question. I mean, what's Gary Danielson making? Stuff like this Stuff like this is the future. I don't know if Barstool doing it is the future, but it's going to continue to grow like this. And, and coaches are going to want to do it because it becomes a recruiting tool at some point. Hey, Dad, do you think that they will do this with Chris Jans tonight? I would be amazed if they don't. I think Brandon Walker might be on the bench, to be honest with you. Hmm. Like, do you know that? I don't know that. I, I'm just reading his text. It feels like there's some context there. Or his tweets, I got you. I'm sorry. All right. Yeah. It's just fascinating to see. Uh, if And by the way, public service announcement here, if you want to watch the Mississippi State basketball game tonight against Akron, you can only do that online, barstool.tv. We're not necessarily trying to drive you to... And by the way, this will be a different viewing experience than you have ever had for any Mississippi State basketball game before. This is not... It's not Neil Price. It's the, not Richard The production Williams. looks good, though. you got to give them credit. I mean, it, it looks good. It looks professional. Now, the, the guys aren't as professional, so be prepared for that. But in terms of like the nuts and bolts of a basketball broadcast, looks really yeah. good. Yeah. It's like if they put just a couple of guys out there and they're just talking... During the game, you know, you got you got the whole the regular setup for cameras and everything, but you just got a couple of fans out there shooting the breeze, while and they happen to have access to the coach while they're yeah, at it. and it's and free it's, by the way. So, yeah, it, it, it's Dave Portnoy it and Big Cat, but then you've also got what is it, Jake Marsh? Is that his name, Borky? Yes, yeah, he's actually like calling the game as a professional broadcaster, K- kind of, yeah. trying kind his of. best. All right, 5 o'clock hour coming up. College football fix. That's how we will lead things off. We'll make picks. we got a food Friday. Hey, guys. What happened? What the heck are you doing? Sports Talk Mississippi on your radio and in the game. Sports Talk Mississippi.
with you, Sports Talk Mississippi. Friday afternoon, the 11th of November, it's Veterans Day. Brian Haydad, one of the things that I admire about him, if you listen to the Thunder and Lightning podcast, every single time he starts his podcast thanking his listeners and especially thanking the men and women, uh, the men, the service men and service women who protect us all and protect our freedoms for all of the veterans out there, whether you are currently serving, have previously served, for those who have given the ultimate sacrifice, for those who have said, I am going to serve my country, the United States of America, uh, from the bottom of our hearts, we thank you. We, uh, we, we would not be who we are as a country, who we are as individuals, without your service uh, over the last couple hundred years. So thank you very much Absolutely. for your service on this Veterans Day. Very good. Hey, real quick, before we get into uh, college football, uh, quick note here, Mississippi State soccer advances into the NCAA, or in the second round of the NCAA tournament, they went okay. 2-1 on a uh, 88th minute header off of a free kick, off of a corner kick, uh, to win 2-1 over New Mexico. Very cool, very cool. So they're now in the round of 32, still alive, and we'll have to go. Don't know where they will go yet, right? Doesn't kind of depend on the outcome of the I, other games in their. I believe they know. The I don't know. I believe they know, but I don't know. Is how I would say. Columbus, Ohio, I think was maybe. I, I don't know. Whatever. I'm just guessing. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. yeah there we go. Uh, so congratulations to the Mississippi State soccer team winning two one earlier today. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and you. We're coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Visit them online at dancingrabbitgolf.com to book your tee time or plan your trip. And of course, the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. If you want to be a part of the conversation, we'd love for you to join us on the Ceasefire text line at 601-879-43. Nine five. It's time right now for the college football fix. College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Ford makes F-Series trucks, and for 45 straight years, F-Series have been the number one selling trucks in America. Get behind the wheel of an F-150. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Uh, I just um, uh, spoiler alert: when you test drive one, you're going to want to take one home with you. Ford F-150. Let's make some picks. Five games that we will pick this weekend, all of them involving SEC teams. By the way, you can make your picks as well with the Polk's Pick Six. We'll tell you more about that when we get to our Food Friday segment coming up in just a couple of minutes. Supertalk.fm slash Polk's for you to make your picks on those six games. A six-pack of picks this weekend. All right, game number one, Alabama at Ole Miss. Alabama and Ole Miss kick off at 2.30 on CBS. Crimson Tide favored by 12 in this game. Borky Lead us off. I have a feeling, maybe not with the final score number being in the 60s, but I, I have a feeling this game's going to go similar to 2020. So if you're giving me 12 points with two offenses that I think are going to score, uh, I'm going to take them. So Ole Miss plus the 12, I think they're going to have success running the football because they just do. But also I think Alabama's uh, offense is going to have uh, a lot of success against Ole Miss's defense. So pretty high-scoring football game. And if you're going to give me 12 points in, in a shootout, th- then I'll take it. I'm just going to be completely honest with you. 
I am picking this game with my heart. I am not picking this game with my head. I desperately want Ole Miss to win against Alabama. I would love to see that happen. Uh, I don't know if it will happen. History tells us that it will not. I've been watching Ole Miss and Alabama play... Uh, well, I mean, the like the the first really big one that I remember was in 1993. Uh, it was also a 2:30 kickoff on uh, not CBS on ABC at the time with Keith Jackson and Lynn Swan and Bob Greasy in Oxford. And then the following year, Ole Miss goes to Tuscaloosa and to the Lightning game. There have been some memorable ones. The the wins through the years have been few and far between, but they sure have been fun when they have happened. I'll take Ole Miss and take the 12 points. I don't have a ton of confidence in that, but uh, let's see. Let's see what happens. Why not? They call it gambling for a reason. Let's gamble on the Rebels getting the 12. Hey, Dad? It's just too many points. I I think Alabama will win, but Ole Miss is good enough to keep this close, so I'll take the Rebels and take the points. I thought you were going to go the other way. I really did. Nah, 12, 12 is just too many for me. Okay. Uh, Georgia, 16, 16 and a half as a favorite in Starkville. Lee Sterling yesterday said that he liked Mississippi State to cover. Not to win, but to cover. Bruce Marshall earlier today said he liked Mississippi State not to win, but to cover. Brian Haydad, what do you say? Well, at least one, our Sports Talk Mississippi listeners can count on at least one of us to think with their head and not with their heart on these picks because I think Georgia covers this easily. Uh, my prediction was 42-17 on the Thunder and Lightning podcast. I just have zero faith in states. I've been talking it up all week. If they do this, if they do this, if they, I don't think they're going to do those things. I think they're going to not run the ball. I think they're not going to take any chances. I think you're going to see a lot of what you've seen the last three weeks. Georgia covers easily. I see a 34-17, 38-21 game. Both of those scores are 17, which gets Georgia just on the right side of the number. I'll lay the 16, 16 16.5 points and take Georgia in this one. I'm kind of like you. I, I just think Georgia's focused. I think they're locked in. I don't really think Georgia has a hangover in this ball game. Wouldn't surprise me if Mississippi State came out and put a touchdown on the board, but I think once the game settles in, it's going to be Georgia kind of maybe creating a little separation, a little distance, and then perhaps Mississippi State's able to get some points at the end. If Mississippi State covers in this game, I think it's a backdoor cover. Uh, so so we'll see. We'll, we'll see how it all shakes out. I'll lay the points, though, with Georgia against Mississippi State. we got to start disagreeing at some point. Uh, 35-17 does not cover. It, you know that, that, That's kind of my issue. I, I wouldn't be surprised at all, though, seriously, if Mississippi State's defense gives Georgia all kinds of fits. I mean, Forbes is objectively great. Not objectively good. He's objectively great. And Mississippi State's front six is absolutely capable of... 35-17 does cover. I mean, that's eighteen points. That's eighteen points for state. That's eighteen points. Georgia would cover an eighteen-point spread. You were saying if it's thirty-five seventeen, Mississippi State doesn't get inside the number. I just didn't. I didn't understand what you 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 said. Saying you go thirty-five seventeen doesn't cover. I wasn't sure if you were talking about Georgia or Mississippi State. It, it, right, and I, I started it with we're all we're going to have to disagree at some point, but not here. Okay, okay, I got you, got you, got you. 
I didn't hear the the not here part. I just I was I was trying to follow, and the math didn't make sense to me. And I'm not the best math guy. Anyway, so back to my train of thought that I've lost. Uh, states something. What was it? Anyway, State's front six. No, I'm kidding. Uh, their, their front six, I think, is absolutely capable of giving Georgia fits. I mean, they did it to Alabama. Uh, they, they have dudes up there, but I think over time this game could be close early, could be could be weird early, and then talent and depth and a lack of explosiveness from State's offense is going to overtake, and uh, Georgia will cover. Very good. Very good. But just so we're all clear on the math, 35-17 is a cover for Georgia, right? Correct. Correct. Okay, that is a cover for Georgia. I'm going to lead off on this one, and you know where I'm going. LSU minus, I think I just saw that it's moved to four. I'd lay the four. I'll lay three and a half. I'll lay three. Whatever the number is that you get it on, I just like LSU better than Arkansas. I like the way they're playing. I like the way uh, Jaden Daniels is playing. I like what Harold Perkins Jr. gives them. I think they get pressure up front from Ali Gay and B.J. Ojolari. They're just better, and Arkansas is beat up. They suspended two more in the back end of the secondary. That was the thinnest unit of their defense already, even though they played decent pass defense last week against Liberty. I'm just laying the points, and if I'm a sucker, if I'm a moron, I will own it on Monday. I can assure you guys, if Arkansas wins this game, the first thing I'm going to say on Monday is, well, I was the sucker. Right, it was a fishy line. We talked about it being a fishy line all week long, and I was the fish, or the fish wrap, or the fish bait, or the fish food, whatever it was. I'll own it on Monday, but I'm not owning it on Friday. On Friday, I'm rolling with the LSU Tigers and laying three and a half. Tigers all day. I don't. I don't understand this one bit, and I'm not going to. LSU will blow them out. Okay. We will disagree eventually, not on this one. I mean, what on earth does Arkansas pre- present that tells you? It, maybe they know something. May, maybe they do. But from a purely football team versus team perspective, there is no reason for LSU to win by win by fewer than four points. No way. Okay. Texas A&M at Auburn. Auburn is a a one-and-a-half-point favorite. I like Auburn here as a favorite. I think Texas A&M is an absolute mess. Under the lights, Jordan-Hare Stadium, that's an underrated venue. It's going to be a great crowd, sold out, fall game, cool, chilly, the whole deal. I'm rolling with Cadillac and the Auburn Tigers. We'll pick this up when we come back. Actually, a food Friday. Then we'll pick the picks back up again. Sports Talk Mississippi. Yeah! On Super Talk Mississippi. Afternoon, rolling along with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV, on your Supertalk Mississippi stations. Don't forget that Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. You can find them online at genteelapparel.com, but you can also find them at men's specialty stores all across the state of Mississippi. If you're in Oxford this weekend, go to Landry's on the Square, grab your Genteel Apparel. 
Kincaid's in the Jackson Ridgeland area and other stores all across the state of Mississippi. Genteel is the official apparel provider of Sports Talk Mississippi. Even makes Brian Haydad look good. Show him, Haydad. Show him. There you go. I look fantastic. Custom made. Custom made. Actually, that is a custom made shirt. For Brian It is custom made. By Genteel. They need the Haydad collection. Ooh. For the big and tall. Okay. Hmm. I'm just saying, if they're listening, I could be a male model. Per- perhaps Blake and Bryce and Kim and all those guys are, are listening right now. Maybe you just hatched an idea. Maybe you just hatched the next million dollar idea for the uh, for the fellas at, and the ladies and the gentlemen at Genteel. We Let's will get it. back to our picks coming up in just a bit. But right now, it is time for a Food Friday. Food Friday presented by Polk's Meat. You can visit them online at polksmeat.com. You just go there so that you can you can get some recipe ideas. You can see the areas where or the, uh, the, the businesses. You can find uh, retailers that carry Polk meats, uh, Polk's Meat products. And you can see what all those products are. But then... You got to have an action item off of that, right? You, you you go to the website and you see what's there, and then you go to your grocery store. You go to the place that you buy meat, and you look for that Polk's meat product packaging, that bright yellow label with the blue writing on it that says Polk's. And if you can't find it, now you got another action item. You got to go find the manager of the meat department. You got to say, "Look, I know you got a lot on your plate." Pun, but. We need to make sure that there is room on the plate for Polk's meat products because picky people pick Polk's. If you've never tried it before, do yourself a favor. I love the Cajun smoked sausage. That's my favorite. I also highly underrated love the ham that comes already just the right size for biscuits. Great way to start your Saturday morning. Whatever it is that you like, give it a try. You're going to love it. And with that, we talk about what's happening on the grill, around your table this weekend. In fact, we, uh, we let's lead with this. We got it on the uh, on the ceasefire text line. Somebody said they were going Cajun all the way, all in on Cajun oyster po' boys with a side of shrimp and grits. That's quite the side. If shrimp and grits is the side, somebody's living right this weekend. I like it. What about you boys? What are the cooking plans for the weekend? I want you to listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth at the beginning of my statement here. All right, it's going to be really cold this weekend, and I don't feel like going outside. So we're, we're getting Shocker. the big we're getting the big pot out. It's lasagna weekend at the Haydad House. Slap it before on your anything comes out of your mouth. Before anybody says anything, I just said I don't want to go outside. I don't. So you're, so you're not going to the football so game no. tomorrow. I got that's different. I got to go to that. But Sunday, Sunday, we're staying. I'm going to need to probably, you know, be under three blankets all day Sunday to warm myself back up from being at that game all night. Hmm. Staying in the house. So you, you've already been to the grocery store and you bought that pan that's got mm-hmm. the pre made lasagna and you're just going to slide it into the oven and, you know, just do your stove for this. Thing and I'm going to bring, just, just bring two trays of stovers to your Thanksgiving dinner and be like, here's the mac and cheese. Richard said it was his favorite. The stovers make what mac I'm and cheese? Do. They do. Are you serious? Huh. You don't know what stuff about stovers, mac and cheese? Come on. I just did. I, I was just high living it when I was a kid. Okay. 
Um, my thinking on cooking right now is solely focused on Thanksgiving. Like I'm, I'm having to kind of gear up for this a little bit. And, and and so this is but hey dad gets on to me Borky for never planning right he said you never plan he plans out everything he makes fun of me for never planning I am planning I am putting three turkeys on the grill gonna smoke them overnight my uh, my turkey method is a little different than some I like a I love a juicy moist turkey and so I rub it down with with uh, Wesson oil and salt it. And not a full brine, but kind of let it sit overnight. And then on Turkey Day, or which Wednesday leading into Turkey, they'll go on the smoker about midnight, maybe 1 o'clock on Wednesday night, Thursday morning. Apple juice, cranberry juice, uh, some citrus, lemon and lime. I'll kind of stuff that in and drizzle it over the top a little bit. Because I put Lowry's on everything, I'll sprinkle a little Lowry's on it. A little bit of garlic will go in there. And it it's like it sits in a bathtub on the grill of this and cooks this way. Stuff some apples in there. Shove an apple in the rear end of the, uh, you know, the, the, the well, I guess that would be the neck. <laughs> in the hole. Save, save the neck for me, Richard. You got it, Clark. You got it. And uh, also thinking appetizers. Going to do a big old sausage and cheese plate of Polk's smoked sausage and uh, some various cheeses to go along with it. And also going to get some some smaller fillets and grill them and slice them thin for uh, a big kind of like a meat tray appetizer platter as well. That's where my mind is right now in terms of cooking. Borky, are you going to the grill this weekend? Uh, I'm going to do it on a slow cooker because it's going to be cold, but I'm just going to do a Malcolm Reed Mississippi pot roast. Yes, sir. You doing sandwiches out of it? Absolutely. I mean, that's the all. To me, that's the only way to eat it. Just get a big, gigantic loaf of Italian bread and, and scoop out uh, not all of the interior, but a, a good bit of it, so you can put more meat on the bread mm-hmm. and uh, slap a little. I, I use provolone, but slap a little provolone cheese on top of it as well. <sighs> and uh, I'll actually put that in the broiler for for just a few seconds. Uh, not not very long. Uh, to to get that cheese good and melted on top as well. I mean, just and the guarantee. bread a little toasted as and, well. And, yeah, and, and I already put Italian bread in the oven some, okay. but but the bread gets a little crunch, just a little bit, you know, not to where it like hurts your mouth, but just enough. And uh, I'll I'll do that on Sunday before uh, before I watch the Saints play. So that's going to be Sunday. That's not going to be a Saturday. Hey, no. You're going gravy. You, you throw some gravy on the. Uh, I, I just on, use on the uh, the the jus that is remaining in the. Uh, remaining in the slow cooker after uh, after it's done, I'll pour that over top of the meat just to give it a little extra something. But again, uh, I'm going to have to watch the Saints uh, while I eat that. So, Chris in Oxford says, "Can I get the Malcolm Reed pot roast recipe, please?" How to bbqright.com. You can find it on there, Chris. I will send you a link though. So I'm, I'm in a good mood. I'm, I'm yeah. feeling helpful. Yeah. Somebody somebody tells me thin sliced fillets are called tornados. Uh, I think I knew that. And I, I don't I, I, I gotta call my guys at LBs and see if I can get the um oh what are they called? The uh not gourmet, the the uh the the longer, thinner fillets. What are those called? Uh bistro. The the bistro style fillets. Uh and kinda easy to slice as opposed I, I don't know, we'll see. Uh still gotta still gotta work on that. Uh pa, 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 pa. 
put my turkey on the rotisserie on my grill. Okay. Nice. I don't have a rotisserie on my grill. Uh, let's see That's here. The next thing. Bill in Starkville says, I boiled about 15 pounds of peanuts this week, so I'll be snacking on those puppies off and on all day. That is yummy. Uh, Ten pounds of wings, three or four pounds of jalapeno pineapple sausage, and a crock pot full of gumbo at the junction tomorrow. Yeah. Sounds good. Uh, Stewart's doing homegrown porterhouses. Those look beautiful. You you got the cows there, Stuart? What's going on? I like Those it. Those are good-looking steaks. Yeah. yeah. Significant marbling in those. Uh, Jeremy in Caledonia says he's doing ribeyes and pork strips. Those look like they are ready for the grill. Okay. Hey, I am fully on board with this on a cold Friday, Saturday, Sunday. White chicken chili. Yep. I'm going to guess that before the weekend is out, it, probably on Sunday we do a pot of taco soup that uh, Jane will do Ooh, as well. Love that, love that. Uh, yeah, Lee and Starkville says he's doing all Cajun as well. Corn dogs galore. <laughs> all right, um, Richard, if you haven't tried the lard stuffed pork chops from Flora Butcher, you definitely need to do those. This is Mike and Madison. He says he cooks those and thin slices them for apps before fillets. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I ordered something for the mac and cheese I'm making, so I am. I, my plans are in place too today. So, okay. I ordered. I ordered some. I ordered some st- sodium citrate. Makes the cheese sauce smoother. Ooh, wonderful! That sounds great. That's yeah, gonna be good. That sounds fantastic. Awesome. Hey, don't forget to get in on the Polks Science. Pick 6, supertalk.fm slash Polks. That is a Food Friday presented by Polks and Polks Meat Products. You can visit them online at polksmeat.com. Do not forget, picky people pick Polks. Listen to that work. That work. Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. On Super Talk Mississippi. Did you get that memo? Yes, sir. with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. We started our picks during the college football fix to begin the 5 o'clock hour. We got about halfway through them. Uh, I, it always goes well when all three of us pick the uh, the same thing, right? All three of us had Ole Miss plus the 12. All three of us had Georgia minus the 16. All three of us took LSU at minus 3.5. We started in on Texas A&M and Auburn. And I was the only one that had time to uh, get a pick in there. I love Auburn at home tomorrow night, laying the point and a half. I think Carnell Williams and Auburn get it done against Texas A&M. And the uh, the flames of that fire that is uh, a raging inferno inside a dumpster right now in Aggieland grow hotter and higher after a loss to 3-6 and six Auburn on the road tomorrow night. What you boys got? I've got a 58-point checklist to determine who's going to win this game. 
Uh, honest question, though. Is the flu still running through Texas A&M? Are they still very sick? Like a screen door. Big uh, I mean... Is... I, no, I, I, Connor Wigman is supposed to play. What about you know the other dozen players that missed the Florida game because they uh, had a, a stomach bug? Yeah, so uh, I, I, I do not profess to know the ins and outs of everybody's flu, but I do know that uh, at least one person in my house tested positive for the flu a couple of weeks ago, and this was not a long-lived virus. I don't know if it's the same strain or strand, strain, I think, of, of the flu that is making its way through the Bryan College Station area. It was, was making its way through North Mississippi. Uh, but I do know that after just two or three days, everybody seems to be feeling better. Well, that's good. Uh, it doesn't change the fact that Texas A&M is very bad at football. Um, in a game like this, I think a and more talented, even if Wegman plays, but don't you wonder about motivation? Hey, credit to Auburn fans, by the way. Selling out a game in which your team stinks and you fired your coach and you've got an athletic director going through his 58-point checklist with agents to find your new coach, that, that says a lot. That really does. That, that's a cool thing that they were able to do that. Does it matter, though, is the big question. If A&M's healthy, my answer is no. They're going to go in there and win. Well, there's a disagreement. Got one. Mr. Haydeff. Yeah, the two teams that I, I you believe in less than any other two teams in all of college football. That's you're not. Yeah, yeah. somebody has to get my belief. It's the Haydad Belief Bowl on the plains of Alabama this week. I believe in Cadillac Williams' ability to motivate his team, whereas with Jimbo, that team is just playing out the string. Just transpose the numbers on our Texas eight and four uh, logo. Auburn will win this one. Give me the point. There you go. So Haydad and I are on that or side. Point, whatever it is. In that ball game, South Carolina and Florida. In the swamp, Gators favored by eight. Borky. And they're going to cover that eight as well. You know, South Carolina's a nice story. They play hard, all that. But I don't trust Spencer Rattler to go cover even a big ish spread like eight points uh, in the swamp. South Carolina, again, is a nice story. Uh, schematically, though, they're a bit of a disaster offensively. Also, not particularly healthy there either. Uh, compared to their Florida counterparts. I like Billy Napier at home here, even with the eight-point line. Uh, just supposition here. I do not know this for a fact. Uh, I don't imagine that Florida Field will be similarly to Auburn sold out tomorrow. I would guess that there would be seats still available for they had, South they Carolina They had empty seats in every game. I mean, yeah. They haven't filled it up once. It's pretty full against Utah, wasn't it? it? Utah was the closest thing they had to every seat being full. The Kentucky game, for example, visible empty seats there. Sure. It's a problem everywhere. Sorry, Lane. It is. It's, uh, it's hard to fill up your stadium. It is. Which I do think kind of underscores, Morgan, you and I were talking about this earlier this week, for all of the conversation about attendance early in the year as it pertains to Ole Miss, Ole Miss will now have its third SEC sellout in as many home SEC games this year, and then the Egg Bowl will be very, very close, if not completely sold out as well. So, yeah. um, hey, And they've got the right stadium size, right? It's not too big. You're, you're not trying to put 90,000 people in there. It's 65,000. So yeah, It's almost like Central Arkansas doesn't uh, generate excitement, but, you know. Yeah, and, and Mississippi State with a sellout. Uh, first sellout, what, in a couple of years? In ter- a true sellout? Since, excuse me, since 2018, the Florida game. Wow. 
First total sellout since 2018. So big deal for Mississippi State mm-hmm. tomorrow night as well. Um, mm-hmm. If I had any faith that Anthony Richardson was going to put together consecutive well-played games, then I would lay the eight points. But he's been remarkably inconsistent. When he plays really well, Florida's pretty good. He is electric. He just hasn't played well. I don't know if he's played well in back-to-back games all season long. I'm going to take the points here. I'm going to take South Carolina plus the eight. I think Florida finds a way to get the win at home, but I think it's going to be really close. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that it's just too many points. Two bad teams playing each other usually gives you a close game. Unless one team is just in give-up mode, like you had last week with Florida A&M. So, yeah, I'll take South Carolina, and I'll, I'll be happy to grab those points from you. Uh, a couple other games in the SEC, not games that we're picking. We're done with our picks, but just uh, a thought. Missouri and Tennessee, uh, that number's come down a little bit. Tennessee now a 19.5-point favorite. I think Tennessee wins pretty big here. I think they're, they're, they know they got to be in show-off mode the rest of the way. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, sorry, I agree on that front. You think they win by twenty though, or more? Yeah, I think so. Wow, that'd be a big, big day for the uh, Tennessee Vols. And, and you're right. I mean, they got to do the style points thing now for the next three weeks because they're not going to get credit for beating Missouri and Vanderbilt and South Carolina. Right. So they better beat, beat down those three teams. Speaking of Vanderbilt. Vandy and Kentucky, 11 a.m. SEC Network. Does Kentucky Gross. name its score? No. No. A couple weeks ago, wasn't Missouri like a 14-point favorite over, over Vanderbilt and Vandy covered? Uh, Vandy would have covered against Ole Miss, but you know Lane got a call at the last minute from a big booster who had money on the game. He's like, punch it in, Lane! So, Vandy's... Vandy's covering. I think that. Wait, do you know that to be true, or that you just like are imagining that? I saw it on a message board. No, that okay. that booster called Lane in the same way that uh, in the blind side. Got hold of the headset. Where, uh, she she called Bert, aka Hugh Freeze, to tell him about protective instincts. Bert. Exactly. The big boosters have a have a have a way through. What is it? Ninety eight percent protective instincts. Come on, Bert. Tell him that your family, Bert. That happened. Mm. <laughs> Didn't uh, what? Where was it that the rumor was it? Phil Knight in Oregon when it wasn't that Phil Knight had the ability to talk to the head coach on the sideline, but there was a story going around that he had access to listen in to the coach's headsets mm-hmm. while watching Oregon games. You could probably get a message down there if you wanted to. I'm sure. I'm sure one of the interns on the sidelines had his phone number. I mean, if Phil Knight says, "Hey, I need you to do this," you probably have to do it. I would think. I would think. Um, what what factor do you think weather has on the games that are being played tomorrow? I mean, it's just cold. Yeah, yeah. I don't think cold has a huge effect. If it was raining, sure. You know, you saw that last week a little bit, but just cold, you should be fine. My my thinking is crowd. It could subdue somewhat a crowd. 
Because, I mean, think about it. When it's 75 degrees, you're more apt to stand up and be loud and jump up and down and all that. When you're freezing your rear end off and you got gloves on, you know, this doesn't make as much noise when you've got padded gloves on, stuff like that. I wonder, and as we talked about earlier this week, that's just, just not just gassing up fans. Home crowds do actually impact games. Without a doubt, they do. So, to me, the X's and O's of football may not be, but it could subdue a crowd if they don't, you know, if they get too caught up in that. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe. I've seen some night game, cold game crowds that felt just electric, too. I mean, yeah. It's it's like it's it's all dictated on the way the game goes. The the weather doesn't matter. It's about the teams. If you played Ole Miss and Alabama at night, the crowd's going to be super into it. State and Georgia probably less because nobody, none of the state fans expect to win. It's all about the game. You can play a game in the Sahara Desert or in Antarctica. It doesn't matter. If the game is good, people will be excited. Would you rather watch a football game in the Sahara Desert Antarctica. or in Antarctica? Antarctica. I can put some jackets on and get through that. I can only I only got so, much, so many layers to take off. Yes, there's some layers that you just can't take off, right? I can't take them off, yeah. Yeah. I'd probably leave that game eight pounds lighter. You might also have, like, penguins in the stands if you played a game in Antarctica, which would be kind of cool. They would be a cute addition. We will wrap up the Friday edition of Sports Talk Mississippi after this with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. next keep it moving buddy you can be a part of sports talk mississippi triple eight eight oh eight eight six three seven on super talk mississippi time with you on Sports Talk Mississippi on this Friday afternoon. Thanks as always for being with us. You want to be a part of the conversation. You've still got a little bit of time to join us on the Ceasefire text line. Michael Borky wanted to get a fair or foul in today. So be my guest. Texas A&M Baseball who, mind you, won a championship in nothing last season. Today distributed rings to their entire team. One side of the ring acknowledges their regular season SEC West crown, because that's a thing in baseball. And the other side does acknowledge their trip, short-lived trip, but their trip to the College World Series. Fair or foul, giving out rings for the regular season SEC West crown and an appearance in the College World Series. Fair. Completely fair. And I think they're not even a little bit unique in this. I'm not sure that I'm like putting it out there on Twitter for the entire world to see. I think that sometimes invites undue criticism. But, I mean, Ole Miss got rings when they went to the College World Series in 2014. 
State got rings, I'm assuming, in years when they didn't win the College World Series. Mm-hmm. I mean, for goodness sake, Ole Miss has a banner in its football stadium proclaiming a co-division championship in 2003. Well, that thing gone. I'm glad you you. I'm glad you said that because I was sure going to bring it up. Did you say it's gone? Isn't it gone? I don't know. It should be. If it I is, would it be gone? Look at or worry at banners, but I had not noticed no. that they'd taken it down. I know that I know that Ole Miss and State both gave out bowl rings in 2014 for bowls they got blown out in. So, sure, yeah, everybody just gets a ring these days. Yeah, see, I I think that you should draw a line somewhere. If you win, well, I mean, it the, the question sure, is, drop a ring in there. That's fine. If you get here's what I'm. I guess this is what I, I need to ask you: Is are you asking fair or foul? That they made the rings at all, or are you fair or foul that Texas A and M did this? No, that the rings are made at all. I, I would do this for anybody. Okay, if you want to, if you want to have that debate that you shouldn't have rings when you didn't actually win, I'll get on the fair side of that. Right, I agree. Yeah, the bigger if you didn't picture. win, no ring, but or no banner in, in that case. But in, I think if you get a trophy, if, if you everybody can get a ring. Exactly. Exactly, but if you didn't if you didn't get anything, then you don't get a ring. No, I'm yes. I'm, I'm with that. But but so fair. I mean, you, now you can debate whether or not the trophy matters or not. But there is a trophy that goes along with being the SEC Western Division champions in baseball. There is a mm-hmm. trophy that goes along with being a College World Series participant. They were mm-hmm. awarded those two trophies, and so I got no problem with them getting rings that go along with them. We, we've gotten too liberal with the distribution of rings. There's not a championship well, we on it. Richard, super liberal. Neither one of the things is a championship that they have championship rings for. We're, we're, we're too loose with it. we got to crack down on the ring distribution. Trophies, banners, t-shirts, a plaque, whatever. But, but the ring signifies a championship one. There, there are two teams that won championships. Would you feel better if it just said SEC West champions? No, because is that what is that? I mean, you won the you won your division. But in baseball, what did that get you? You know what? What did it get you? You're you didn't even two, you were the, the two, two seed, seed in, Uber? in the SEC tournament. <laughs> Heck yeah! All right. Yeah, yeah we're, we're too host. loose with them. Right, I, I'm fine putting, you know. Banners or whatever for for lower level things like that. Sure, I I know an old Mrs. Football facility. They've got they used to anyway banners for all the bowl games they went to. That's fine, whatever. Yeah, I, I don't have a problem with a banner. No rings your for non championships. Like if it, it, I, I, I can get I can get behind that. That's the, fair. If I was on the 2014 Ole Miss team and they gave me a Peach Bowl ring, I would have felt embarrassed. Because the team got embarrassed in the game. But it's not a ring that's claiming that you won something. It's a team that is... It, see, it, I disagree. It's an item. When you get a ring, it makes me think that you won. If I yeah. see somebody wearing a Super Bowl ring, like, oh, you won a Super Bowl? Yeah, they don't give I don't Super think Bowl you played in losers. a Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. Maybe you might get an AFC championship ring or an NFC championship ring, but those are different. And that's a championship. But do they give those out? I don't think so. I have I no idea. Do. I don't know. You get something. What if we had a device? Well, you know, that's not near as bad as... By uh, the way, rings, Ole Miss, is, I think, is getting its championship rings at uh, the football game tomorrow against Alabama. Wow. At least uh, I belief am yesterday. really surprised they didn't hold that for the next home game. Really surprised. Might be hard to get everybody back on Thanksgiving weekend. Thanksgiving night. That's true. I guess. 
That's yes, way. they're NFC Championship rings. Oh, nice. Yes, that is not as embarrassing as a different trophy on Texas A&M's campus. Do you know what that is? The one that was no. given to Jimbo Fisher during his introductory press conference with national champions <laughs> twenty space space. They preemptively mm-hmm. gave him a national championship trophy. I am not kidding. It happened. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Hey, enjoy your college football weekend. Enjoy your high school football weekend. Bundle up. It's going to be cold. We will be back with you on Monday. Good night. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services A Super Talk Mississippi media production.